Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 174 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I'm Seth. And I'm Farron. Subbing in for Carly this week. Yep. And we are both here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more. And boy, this was a crazy, crazy week yes. in theme park news. We are going to try to get through it all. But before we do, Farron, how have you been? What have you been up to lately? Well, two things that are uh, I got to do as well as things that happened this week is I went to the opening of the new Lego Pirate River Quest ride at Lego. Yes, Land, which we is were both so there. nice. We were both it there, was yes. So much fun. Um, I think they did a really good job. I, I enjoyed it. I was so glad to see it. Um, you know, this is the restoration of the waterways, the canals through the classic mm -hmm. historic Cypress Gardens. Um, it's been in disrepair for many years. Uh, you know, they did a great job of just restoring the natural beauty of it, making it able for the boats to go through again. But then they put all these really adorable Lego scenes. I, you know, I'd compare it sort of to the Jungle Cruise. Um, yeah. You know, these are not sophisticated animatronics, but it's a really cute little story. If you've got a little kid, there's kind of participatory things for them to look at and count along the way. Um, and I, I thought the best thing of it was just seeing the natural beauty. It's a long trip. It was over 20, 20 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, you get to go out on uh, Lake Eloise and it, it, I thought it was just gorgeous. Uh, great, great addition to the park. Yeah, I was talking to them about, you know, is this the same path? Is it restored? It is the exact same path that you would mm -hmm. have done when it was Cypress Gardens back in the 90s. So if anyone had done it back then, which I never got to experience it, other yeah. than the new Lego add-ons, you're going on the exact same route. So it yeah. was very cool to see how they restored it so well. Here's a tip. If you go, uh, ask if you can have Morris as your captain. He was the lead uh, boat driver for Cypress Gardens back in the 90s. Um, and they brought him back to uh, be one of the captains now. And he's got a lot of great stories from back in the old days. Um, the only caveat I would say is if you want to ride this, uh, make it your rope drop. Um, because yeah. there's 10 boats. Each boat holds about 11 people, I think. And it's a, a 20, 25 minute trip with loading un and unloading. So this is like maybe 250 people an hour at maximum could get through this. Uh, you know, Legoland doesn't get huge crowds, but if you're there on a busy time of year, make this your first stop for sure. Definitely. Yep. And then what was the other big thing you got to do this week? The other big thing, you know, it was for a lot of people, it was a sweet goodbye for other people. They go, okay. <sighs> but it was the closing of Woody Woodpecker's kid zone. So I didn't go yep. on the last day. I went on Saturday, but it was actually my first time doing a lot of the stuff in there, to be honest. That really? Was my first time riding Woody Woodpecker's Nuthouse Coaster. I went on the um, Fievel's Water Slide because I was like, look, I got to do this the last day. It was 52 degrees. I was wearing oh, jeans and shoes. And brutal. we came down and it said, you'll get a little wet. And after the first one, I was like, you know, this wasn't too bad. And we came back in the very end. We hit it. Wave went straight over and dumped right into my pants. And I said, hmm. Kind of earned this one. The, there, there, there was a sign at the bottom of the uh, the stairs for the queue that says you will get your britches wet, and that is true. Uh, wet underwear is a definite <laughs> side effect of riding. <laughs> but it was uh, nice to say goodbye. You know that, and the DreamWorks destination, and got to go to the Curious George goes to town area, and the Ball Factory, which is always one of my favorites. You just watch the chaos in there. 
Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, Ball Factory was really, it's been replicated at all kind of family entertainment centers around the world since then, but it was one of the first uh, big interactive playgrounds. It was really ahead of time when it's built. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to miss it in the sense that there's not enough for families with young children who don't meet higher requirements to do at Universal Studios Florida. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of great playgrounds at Islands of Adventure. But uh, the studios is really going to be hurting for things for little kids uh, for the next year or two until they can get something reopened there. Um, I'm just glad E.T. and animal actors are still around. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Um, well, I like you. I also got to do the Pirate River Cruise and really enjoyed it. Um, I also got to do the Universal Escape Room for the first time. Oh, okay. uh, I didn't get to go during the media day with all of you guys. Um, but I, I, I paid, uh, I bought a ticket and did the Jurassic World. Um, and I would say if you uh, are planning on doing it, don't think of it as an escape room. Think of it as like a really slow paced haunted house. Um, it's a hmm. very nice thematic walkthrough experience with some great sound and video and lighting effects. Uh, if you are a fan of puzzles and escape rooms, uh, keep your expectations low because I found the puzzle design really really poor from a gameplay and logic point of view um i it just didn't work for me as as okay. room but uh i i loved it for the scenery and the atmosphere do you feel like it was kind of more like the the void vr experience you used to have at disney springs with star wars where like you are going to make it to the next room you just do a kind of a little activity move on little activity and move on um i you know i i would i would compare it to that because it is very very linear and um uh, I thought The Void did a better job, though, of giving you feedback of when you were doing stuff well or doing stuff poorly. Uh, okay. And I felt like in Jurassic World, I didn't know if I was getting more puzzles because I did the first one wrong or because I did it right. I never knew mm. if I was, you know, progressing well because, uh, yeah, I could do a whole episode on on that. But uh, <laughs> okay. the, the, the highlight of my week definitely was uh, the opening of the... Uh, Orlando Fringe Winter Mini Fest and uh, the opening of their new space downtown, the Fringe Art Space on Church Street. Uh, we actually had some folks who were uh, on vacation at Universal uh, and just saw that they were uh, that the Fringe Festival was going on and, and made the trip up. Uh, and um, a lot of great feedback from people, a lot of great shows. Um, if you're at all interested in the arts, uh, check out OrlandoFringe.org and look into their new fringe art space because they're doing shows there uh, year round now. It's not just in May. Oh, All right. Wow. So uh, I think that about brings us to the end of our introductions. So and without now. any further ado, buckle up. I hope you got a cup of coffee because we, we a have a lot of news in the queue. Okay, we are going to kick off with uh, something that was so shocking that when I first saw it come across my Twitter feed, I, I retweeted it saying, is this a hoax? Is this real? It's wild. Universal Parks and Resorts is opening a brand new theme park designed for young children in Frisco, Texas, of all places. Uh, yeah, this is North Texas. Uh, they've got a plot. Uh, they've, they've said it's going to be 97 acres of land that they've purchased. 
and it will be a scaled down theme park designed for kids with small uh, kids and you know families um and it will also include a hotel and it looks really well done i mean we're just looking at you know concept yeah. art which can be really vague i actually mm -hmm. ended up taking their high quality imagery and zooming in we have oh a yeah, yeah, video yeah on our youtube they, channel kind of like they breaking had, it down they had on their media site a super high resolution version of it um mm -hmm. you know it's still kind of vague concept art but uh i think you did a great job of breaking down uh, kind of analyzing the color schemes and seeing what themes could be here so uh, these are all speculation and guesses, but it looks like we've got an area that would be perfect for trolls. Uh, it's so cute looking. We've got a section here that looks an awful lot like uh, Camp Cretaceous uh, from the yeah. Jurassic World franchise. Um, we've got an area here could be um, from the Shrek films. And uh, I thought there's a kind of a bottom left hand corner uh, that could maybe be Secret Life of pets or madagascar it looks like kind of an urban zoo environment so yeah not really sure it could be madagascar not the really reason sure i lean towards madagascar is those gigantic cages in the center mm -hmm. are in the exact alignment as they are for the intro of the madagascar movie that was the reason when I was doing the breakdown that I ended up choosing that one because that layout in the center of that land it's not close it's exact Interesting. So, okay, that, that's yeah. a good find. Well, uh, we, we can also see that there's some sort of boat ride that uh, travels all through all of the lands. Mm -hmm. um, there's uh, a hotel at the front and kind of a little central lagoon area. Um, and uh, see in the back, way back corner of the Jurassic area, it looks like a small roller coaster. Yeah, that's um, what it looked like. Mm -hmm. um, and it looks like uh, each of the lands has several large show buildings. So um, North Texas can get pretty chilly. Uh, so if they want this to operate year round, I imagine that there's probably going to be plenty of uh, indoor attraction areas too. Um, not going to be huge thrill rides. This is, I, I don't expect them to build a Velocicoaster here. No. <laughs> um, it's going to be more about meet and greets, um, shows, interactive uh, playgrounds, that kind of thing uh, built for small kids. Yeah. And I think, it looks like, I mean, this is a regional park. It's closer to what like a Legoland would be. And I think that could work Legoland out Legoland really is well. the exact scale that I, I looked at this and I, I felt this is Universal's take on a Legoland. Yeah. For sure. And I think that could work really well. I mean, the Universal name is so big. That's why we all freaked out when this was announced. Because yeah. the idea of just putting their name there, I don't know much about Frisco, Texas, but everyone in the comments said that it is slammed, packed, full, and that the city is growing at a ridiculously big rate. Mm -hmm. So yep. if Universal was able to secure this, and I'm sure some area for expansion pads, they saw this and they said, this is going to be a super city in 10 years time. Let's, if we want to build something in the center of the country, now's the time. And it looks yeah. like it's going to work out. The, uh, the uh, announcement talked about 97 acres, but uh, I've seen some rumors that they've also optioned or, or maybe purchased additional land around it. So it could definitely be ripe for expansion in the future. Yeah. And um, it makes me think, too, are we technically getting a little preview as to what is replacing Kid Zone? Like if they were already hmm. thinking about a big area like this and they have ideas for rides, obviously not this scale, but there yeah. could be two or three rides that they just said, hey, whoever they're buying it from, because some of these flat rides are they're more simple attractions mm -hmm. they could have said hey we'll take two we're going to take one for texas in two years and we'll take one for florida and, too and they're yes they're definite cost savings in uh buying in bulk um yeah 
I I know we have heard rumors that a Trolls Dark Ride could be part of the Kid Zone rebuild, um, and there's certainly uh, you know from the what we see here is a, a building in the Trolls looking area that mm -hmm. could hold a Dark Ride. So that would be some smart cost savings. You know, my only concern um, is that. Uh, Universal Creative has taken some big hits in their management lately. Uh, they yes. lost uh, some big names at the top, and there's been a lot, you know, further down, there's been a lot of, like, you know, bought out early retirement kind of things to cost reduce. So they're taking on a bunch of really big new projects at the same time that they've lost some some major talent. Uh, and I hope, hope they are not spreading themselves too thin. We are going to have to see as this uh, starts getting built up in Texas. Yep, for sure. Okay, uh, normally we could talk for an hour about that, but we're going to have to move on to the next story, uh, which is that some very long-awaited, much-requested changes are coming to Disney World and Disneyland, uh, including changes to the park reservation system for annual pass holders and park hopping. Uh, Woo! We'll down the details, we've got an article on our site. Uh, we'll detail them all. Um, but uh, Josh DeMauro uh, announced these in an open letter. Um, and the biggies are, if you're an annual pass holder uh, coming soon, exact date not yet announced, you'll be able to visit the parks after 2 p.m. without having to make a park reservation in advance. Hallelujah. Uh, the only exception, Finally. Magic Kingdom on Saturdays and Sundays, you'll still have to have a reservation for those. And your, your park blackout dates will still apply. But that will be great if you get off work and you want to make a spur of the moment trip to the parks. That will be a, a fantastic change. Um, they're also not charging anymore for hotel parking. Uh, if you're you're staying in a hotel, that was a, a nickel and dime upcharge they had in the last couple of years. Yes, it was. Away again. And you'll also be able to uh, get free PhotoPass attraction downloads if you buy Genie Plus. Uh, however, the character meet and greets, uh, you're still still going to need to buy a photo package for those. Um, over in Disneyland, uh, they're offering more days on the calendar at the starting price of $104. Um, the top price for, for peak days is still the same, but they're kind of rebalancing the schedule. So there's more cheaper days. Um, park hopping is now going to be allowed at 11 a.m. instead of uh, 1 p.m. starting on February 4th. And starting February 4th, you also get those free attraction downloads uh, with PhotoPass for everyone. Uh, you don't have to buy Genie Plus for that. Um, they're also talking about bringing back annual pass availability um, at some point in the future. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. And they've got some uh, discount ticket offer that they're running. What, what is the uh, change here that you are most excited about? I mean, the reservations uh, by yeah, far. There's absolutely. I mean, a lot of these things. They're all great changes. I'm very happy to see them. But the reservations, I mean, it did get it got to a point where you're like, guys, after 2 p.m., we're having to go to Epcot to, to scan, to turn around, to go to a different park. We're oh, already doing this. Just I, let us after 2 p.m. walk into the park. I just I'm had very to happy. do that. I just had to do that the other day. I had to go to Magic Kingdom and I could not get a Magic Kingdom reservation. So I, I had to go to Epcot take the monorail over to Magic Kingdom, then take mm -hmm. the monorail back. I spent more time on transportation than I did inside the park. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. just, it, it's gotten, I under, totally understand the theme park reservations when they first started. That totally made sense with mm -hmm. COVID and trying to do the numbers. But it has gotten to a point where you're like, guys, 
we got to tone this down a little bit. This is getting extreme. So I'm happy to see this change. I'm sure it's just the beginning and they're going to test with pass holders. And then maybe later on they can go to other stuff, but that, and the, the, you know, bringing back free parking at the hotels, you're already charging more than many, 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 many of your local competitors when it comes to the hotels. And that was just another nickel and dime yep. thing. So yep. they might add that into the cost anyway, and just jack up yeah, the price. Yeah, I was going to say, they're, they'll, yeah, they'll, they'll find a way to hide that price in the room rate. But at least it uh, looks better, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I am actually really excited. I'm going to be at Disneyland uh, in late February and early March. And I am excited to be able to hop between the parks earlier in the day. Uh, yeah. That's, that's going to make a difference for me. 11 so, a.m. To me, that's basically just park hopping has returned. Because, I mean, yep. who goes into a park for less than two hours and it's yeah. like, you know what, I'm ready to move. So I think it's basically back at that yeah. point, which is nice to see. You know, at Disney World, um, the the park hopping didn't bother me quite as much because park hopping is so inconvenient at Disney World. But at Disneyland, it's so easy to just run back and forth between the two parks, uh, especially if you're using G Genie Plus, picking up uh, virtual, you know, uh, return times at the two parks and you can just mm -hmm. bounce back and forth, no problem. All right, so I'm looking forward to those changes. Um, uh, like I said, some of those Walt Disney World changes, uh, they have not announced a date, but we'll be sure to let you know when it happens. Uh, next up, good news for Disney World. Tron Light Cycle Run Roller Coaster finally has an opening date. Finally. April 4th uh, is when you can enter the grid at the Magic Kingdom. Um, we've been waiting for this one an awful long time. Almost six years. Oh I did God. the math. It was. It's going to be less. Than, it's, there's a two-month gap between it being six years now that's from the announcement they didn't start construction that day but right. still yeah um uh, it, it, finally great to see it inching towards uh completion i got to take a, a ride on the railroad uh when i was at magic kingdom last week and uh got to watch a test that came you know there's a little window that the railroad tunnel goes through and uh came right up to the train looks looks great um and uh, they they teased us on social media with some puzzles that people were trying to decipher. People were saying, oh, there's going to be it's going to be uh, April 27th. There's going to be cast member previews before blah, blah, blah. And then it was like, no, nope, yeah. April 4th. Yeah. So, so much for all that puzzle solving. Uh, we've got videos on our website uh, of the construction and tests and also a full run uh, POV out in Shanghai. Well, were, have you been out to Shanghai? Have you been on this? I, I've never done this no. ride. And Tron Legacy is my favorite Disney movie of all time. It's, all I'm right. not saying it has the best storyline, but it is the prettiest movie you've ever seen in your life. Right. And I was like, I cannot wait to ride this, uh, you know, five years ago. So now I'm glad finally to be able to go on this attraction and experience it. All right. Tell you what, day before it opens, you can come over to my house. We'll watch it uh, on the big screen in 3D. And, oh, that sounds uh, perfect. Yeah. Get, get ready for the um it's it's basically going to be an identical ride to what we have in shanghai but we've mm -hmm. heard there's going to be some changes maybe to the pre-show and the exit uh and there's going to be a locker system from what we've heard which is kind of yep. a first for a disney roller coaster so we'll see operationally how that goes yeah uh, maybe they uh are doing it kind of like the velocicoaster oh i at wish the end. i hope they do that so you I, can just put I, it in and then snag it but that that would be that would be brilliant. Um, I know. Uh, I think in Shanghai they use like a cart system where you you put your stuff in a cart and they wheel it around for you. Um, uh, I, I'm not sure, uh, or maybe that was uh, that was a test for uh, a ride in Hong Kong. I'm not sure, but I don't know if that would fly here. Um, 
people one like person, putting their valuables in a locker. Um, yeah, they do. One so, person in the comments when we posted this article initially said that because it's opening April 4th, it did not make Disney's 50th anniversary celebration oh, like true. they initially that's promised. True. Wasn't there to open it when it got delayed. It wasn't there to close it. It's only missing by four days, but technically, technically they were kept all right. being told that it was going to make it by the 50th and it's not. Well, hopefully we will have soft opens um, of some sort uh, before yeah. April 4th. Uh, with our luck, it'll start on April Fool's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no one will believe him. Uh, but uh, we will. I, I'm sure one of us will be the first uh, there the first day when when they start letting the public on the ride. And we'll let you know all about it. OK, for our next story, Epcot Forever is returning in April to Epcot. And uh, hallelujah, the harmonious barges are being dismantled. Um, the uh, Epcot Forever was supposed to be just a little short-term thing while they got ready for harmonious, which is supposed to be the big long-term um, uh, Epcot fireworks show. But uh, <laughs> if you add it all up, maybe Epcot Forever is going to end up outliving harmonious. It's called Epcot Forever because it keeps coming back. Keeps again, coming back. Again and again. Yep. Yep. So... Um, Harmonious, um, you know, uh, was a. Uh, I, we say here that it is a spectacular fireworks show with a strong message. I'm not going to disagree with that, but uh, the the barges were very controversial because they just sit there yes. blocking the view across World Showcase Lagoon all the time. Uh, unlike uh, Illuminations, where they would bring it out every night. Uh, yes. So I, I imagine that that's going to be something they're going to really rethink uh, for the next uh, fireworks show that comes in. Um, so April 2nd is your last chance to see Harmonious. April 3rd, we're back to Epcot forever. Um, it's not, from what I, I understand, it's going to bring back the music and the fireworks and the lasers, but not going to bring back the uh, kites towed by boats that were used in the very first version of Epcot yeah. forever. Those went away and didn't come back. Yeah, I'd be interested because I, I personally don't, I did not like Epcot forever. I've seen the numerous iterations where they've kind of changed it back and forth. I'm not the biggest yep. fan. I actually really like Harmonious mm -hmm. minus the barges. If they could move the barges in and out like Illuminations was, I think I would have just, this would have been one of my favorite fireworks shows Disney's yep. ever done. But those th that 30, 20, 30 minute show of fireworks just doesn't justify those obnoxious barges sitting there the all day. day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and my my biggest issue with the design of Harmonious is, uh, you know, for illuminations, there were lots of spots all around the lagoon where you could get a good view um, because it, it was kind of a spherical design. Yeah. Harmonious is very flat. Uh, you basically had to be either, um, you know, at kind of over by uh, where World Showcase starts or over by like, um, you know, Japan or Italy, Italy flanking uh, uh, the American Gardens Theater to get a good view of those projections. Uh, yeah. a, lot of, a lot of my favorite spots were just terrible views of the show. Yes, uh, that is one of its other biggest issues. It, it really just comes down to those barges I, while as technically as impressive as they were, they were its biggest downfall because yeah. the show had a lot going for it, but the way that the barges were built and the way that they couldn't move, if they could have spun that center barge so that everyone gets a view at some time in the show, mm -hmm. or if they could mm -hmm. have moved it, I think a lot of things could have happened. But you're yeah. right. Like if you bought the fireworks package to mm -hmm. sit somewhere, it was a terrible view. You couldn't yep. see a majority of the main screen. So Absolutely. You had to just fight for the, uh, you know, like those two spots you were saying. I got to wonder what will happen to those barges. Do you think they'll show up at the uh, Lakeland Antiques Mall along with <laughs> yeah. the uh, stuff from Shrek? 
possibly. Yeah, you never All know. Right. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, speaking of Walt Disney World fireworks shows, Happily Ever After is returning to Magic Kingdom as well. Uh, beginning on April 3rd. Uh, April 2nd is your last chance to see Disney Enchantment, the somewhat underwhelming uh, show for uh, the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World. It did get a little bit better once they added that Walt and Roy segment, but still, I, I don't think it lived up to the uh, big fireworks shows of the past. So I'm happy to see Happily Ever After come back. And it will uh, come back with the song, with the fireworks, but with the addition of new projection mapping down Main Street. Yep. I think it sounds like a great improvement, a great replacement. I mm -hmm. wasn't the biggest fan of Disney uh, Enchantment. Like you said, it did get improved when they added Walt and Roy, you know, 11 months later. Mm -hmm. But Happily Ever After is, in my opinion, a better show in every aspect. Yep. Um, your last chance to see Enchantment, if you are a fan, is April 2nd. Um, and your first chance to see the new show is April 3rd. So April 4th at the Magic Kingdom, uh, people coming in for Tron and then sticking around for the second night of the fireworks. That's going to be some interesting crowd control. Day. I'm glad I got my park pass reservation already. Yeah. <laughs> and moving on to the other coast. Over at the Disneyland Resort, Downtown Disney is continuing to evolve uh, with La Brea Bakery closing and Earl of Sandwich returning plus more. A uh, lot of big news coming out of Downtown Disney. Um, and I think the, the saddest news is La Brea Cafe uh, has been there since Downtown Disney started. Uh, was a great spot to get a cup of coffee and a pastry in the morning. Uh, but now it is gone along with all the other La Brea's. La Brea's closed all of their cafes except for a, a few franchises. Um, but they will become a temporary home for everyone's favorite Earl of Sandwich. What do you think of that about that uh, that change? Is that an upgrade or a downgrade for you? So I never went to the bakery, so I can't really answer that. I love um earl of sandwich here at our disney springs mm -hmm. so i would say that's great but to be honest the times i visit disneyland i never eat at downtown disney i always usually just go straight into the parks and eat there because i don't visit mm -hmm. that often so there's so many hotel or uh restaurants for me to try in the parks and so many places in there that i don't go out there enough i know that other people probably have stronger opinions but i'm like well you know it's a change it's well, sad to see something that's been there that long though yeah, um, there are a lot of big Earl of Sandwich fans out there. Uh, there was a lot of noise when it first closed and then came back and then closed again. Um, this is a little unique. Uh, I don't believe I've ever been to an Earl of Sandwich Tavern. Uh, that is their yeah. table service concept. Uh, so maybe it'll be slightly upgraded sandwiches. Um, or they are going to have the traditional grab-and-go options uh, at the plain old Earl of Sandwich. Um, you know, I, I know it, it's a popular choice. And if nothing else... Uh, it's generally a lot cheaper than buying a meal inside the park. That is true. Um, so that will be a temporary thing. Um, we don't know how long they'll be there, but eventually that will have to close because the entire uh, site of the former La Brea Bakery Cafe is going to be torn down and rebuilt as Porto's Bakery Cafe. Um, and that is Californian Cuban food. Um, I, I am curious to see how Californian Cuban food compares to uh, Floridian Cuban food, which we have yeah. plenty of here. 
but the uh, those casitos and the other pastries sure do look delicious. Looks delicious. And for anyone that's seeing it, because I saw people online get confused, it's Porto's Bakery, not Portillo's. Not Portillo's. No, it's you're, not you're, the sauce. You're not getting a hot dog. <laughs> no. Um, another big restaurant change that uh, a lot a lot of people are not quite as happy about is uh, Ralph Brennan's Jazz Kitchen is kind of dropping the Ralph Brennan from its name. It's It's now the Jazz Kitchen Coastal Grill and Patio. And they've stripped out a lot of the classic New Orleans theming um, and replaced it with basically just plain white hospital looking. Uh, you know, this is the modern trend that we're seeing a lot of things go yeah. into. Um, uh, a lot of the menu will still be the same. Still got the pasta jambalaya, the gumbo, gumbo yaya. Um but they've uh, they've got some some higher end things like a, a grilled lobster BLT po' boy. Um, they're still going to have jazz music, um, and they're still going to serve beignets from their uh, window. But now the beignets are going to be all dressed up uh, with fancy toppings. So they're going to briefly yeah. So <laughs> they you know I I was a big fan of Ralph Brennan's back in the day. Um, and I feel like over the years, uh, maybe as the Brennan family has become less and less involved, it's it's felt less and less authentic. Um, I'm willing to give it the new version a try, but uh, I got to say, um, I'm going to miss the old version. Is that just another one that you've never tried yourself? That's yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, when it comes to downtown Disney, a lot of the stuff I'm going to be like, glad you enjoyed it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I. I tell you, um, whenever I am staying at one of the on-site Disney hotels there, uh, that was always my go-to in the mornings uh, for chicory coffee and beignets. Uh, it's a great pick-me-up, um, and I, ho I hope that still stays true. So, uh, uh, And the last bit in restaurant news is we got some concept art for Din Tai Fung. Um, and this, at least this does not look white hospital mall look inside. It's, no, it uh, looks not. very authentically Chinese um, in a kind of over-the-top I don't know, something out of Crazy Rich Asians, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, it's um, This is going to be one where you're going to have to wait a long time to get a table. Uh, this is a very popular place everywhere it, it opens. And uh, they don't do reservations very famously. So be prepared for a wait for this one. Um, and the last little bit of news is that uh, they're temporarily closing Disney Home and Wonderground Gallery to do some uh, renovations. Uh, but in the meantime, you can visit Wonderground Gallery inside the old ESPN zone right next to the Star Wars trading post. There you go. There you go. All right. So lots of things to check out at Downtown Disney. And something else coming soon to Disneyland Resort. Tiana's Place is replacing the French Market Restaurant in New Orleans Square. Uh, and this is a restaurant change I'm not quite as upset about. I think it fits in really well, especially since... Uh, Tiana's restaurant in the movie was had its design originally inspired by the French market restaurant, uh, which is personally one of my favorite quick service restaurants in the Disneyland Resort. Have you ever eaten there? I have. So this one, yeah. this one I can actually mention the very first thing that I ran to as soon as this was announced, <laughs> as I said, what about the mint juleps? What about mint the mint juleps? juleps? Mint juleps will be coming back and the Mickey beignets, they will be safe. There will still be a mint julep bar. If you like the uh, taste of scope mouthwash, uh, you can still enjoy that. 
I had to rush and do it because I, I, I actually did those mint juleps. Mint juleps. I, I actually really enjoyed it, which is I know some people don't, some people do. I liked it in those beignets. That was one of the first the beignets, things I've ever beignets eaten. Beignets are at great. Disneyland. Beignets are great. Uh, everyone's got to try the mint julep once, but. Uh... <laughs> Uh, that was the first thing I ran in check when they announced it. And I think it's funny because I think they knew a lot of people would be scared and run and check yep. it because they put it at the bottom. Like, don't worry. We're, we're yep. not getting rid of it guys. It's gone for a little bit, but we're not getting rid of it. Simmer so down. Think, They'll be back. Yeah. I think um, this looks really nice. I think mm -hmm. this is a good addition. It does not look, cause sometimes, you know, putting characters in the park can feel forced or stuff like that. I don't think this looks forced. I think this could be done really well and yep. hopefully it offers great food. Now, uh, it might be a little misleading. The concept art shows Tiana waving from the balcony down to guests, but we've been told this is not a character dining location. Uh, Tiana makes meet and greet appearances around the New Orleans area, uh, and she might randomly stroll through at some point, but it's not going to be kind of thing where she comes around to every table and, and you're guaranteed a meet and greet with, with Tiana for eating there. Um, but they are still going to have uh, a lot of their classic... Um, uh menu items uh they've got a good po boy they've got great salads um but uh they're also going to expand and have some new seasonal items so looking forward to trying all of those new dishes yeah i think this is going to be a nice addition and it'll be a good way to you know put a little bit more tiana in before the ride opens i think it's, this looks like it's going to be well done absolutely and it, it will definitely smooth that transition um, it, it really makes me wonder, though, are they going to, uh, you know, reposition the entrance or, you know, just change it on the map so that uh, this the Tiana's Bayou adventure is no longer part of Critter Country, but instead part of New Orleans Square? Uh, it'll be interesting. Makes sense. Um, it would leave just Pooh in Critter Country. So that would be a very sad little mini land. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see what happens. Um Anyway, if you are a fan of the current French market, uh, which I am, um, your last day to check it out uh, is uh, February 16th, I believe, because it will be closed on February 17th uh, and reopening later this year. Um, so uh, keep an eye out uh, late in 2023 for the return as Tiana's place. Oh, we are we are we are. Halfway? At least halfway through, but oh my <laughs> gosh, we have more news, more Disney news. This time we are flying across the Atlantic to Disneyland Paris, where starting on January 28th, the new Avengers Power the Night drone show is opening at the Walt Disney Studios Park in Disneyland Paris. Uh, and this one looks pretty spectacular because in addition to pyrotechnics and music and projection mapping on the Tower of Terror, they are going to use a fleet of 500 drones to create symbols such as Captain America's shield and Doctor Strange's magical rings. Um, it looks pretty amazing. And they kind of did a smaller version of this when they opened the Avengers Campus in Disneyland Paris. And then they had like the show would randomly show up again two or three times. Uh -huh. But that was received really well. And I know Disneyland Paris on occasion with their fireworks shows, when they did the Star Wars one, they had characters that would come out on a stage. And then the Tower of Terror was behind it with the projections and then the fireworks. So they could again bring out um, Doctor Strange if he wanted to start the show again with his magical rings. Yeah. Or just do it with the projections and the drones. I mean, 500 drones. That's a lot of stinking drones, and we've seen how Absolutely. well that they've used them over in Paris. Yeah. Um, Paris, they, uh, you know, 
they had a drone show uh, years ago at um, Disney World um, at Disney mm -hmm. Springs, uh, and that was a partnership with Intel. They haven't done anything like that for a while at Disney World. Um, but Disneyland Paris, they partner with a company called uh, Dronesos. Um, and they are the official technology provider for the resort, and they provided the 30th anniversary nighttime drone show called Disney Delights over at the Disneyland Park. Uh, that's been going on since March of last year, um, and that uh, they won awards for that. Uh, so obviously, they're really happy with that partnership. Um, in addition, they've uh, reorchestrated the music and re-recorded it with a full symphony orchestra at Abbey Road Studios. Um, and they have installed new uh, um, new laser projectors to get better projection mapping. Um, so this this sounds pretty spectacular. Uh, I would love if they would do something like this at Avengers Campus in California. Yeah, it, I'm surprised because they are seeming to do a lot of this. They're getting new projectors. They're adding stuff. They went to Abbey Road, and it's only going to May 8th. So this this is a pretty limited time show for a Disney park and it may come back in other days, but it's only a four month show. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised it is, has that uh, short a lifespan, but um, maybe it will come back in the future. I'm sure it's something that they could update, uh, you know, as each new phase of movies comes out. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of Disneyland Paris uh, over at the other park, Disney Dreams is returning uh, to illuminate Sleeping Beauty Castle, guided by Peter Pan's shadow, all starting up again on April 12th. This is uh, this is the fireworks and projection show uh, that originally debuted back in 2012. Um, it's got fountains. It's got lasers. Um, it's got all those good things. And now it's been upgraded with new LED and laser technology that makes the show much more energy efficient. So that is good news. I've never seen this show in person, but I have watched the video many, many times, and mm -hmm. it really is a spectacular looking show. Yeah. So I'm well, excited to see more innovations, more technology added to it, and welcome back. Yeah, I, I personally think that uh, of all of the Disney castles, uh, Paris's Sleeping Beauty Castle is the most beautiful. And uh, yeah. th this show really shows it off to great effect. And it also has a pre-show that's that Disney Delight uh, drones that we were just talking about. Um, so definitely if you are making a trip to Paris, uh, make sure that you uh, are there to check those out starting on April 12th. Uh, and speaking of international Disney parks, over in Hong Kong Disneyland, they have already debuted the character costumes to celebrate the Disney 100 Year of Wonder. Uh, Mickey, Minnie, the whole gang are dressed up in purple and white formal wear. It looks really nice, too. I think it's it's not obnoxious because sometimes I feel like their costumes are so bright it could hurt your eyes. And I'm like, you know, for a 100th anniversary... I think these these look good. I feel like these it kind are of matches their personality. They are classy. Yeah. It's it's not quite white. It's almost like a kind of silver. Um, yeah. But it's you know the pur I really like the purple better. We've been getting a lot of like iridescent blue and rose mm. gold stuff in in the our parks for a few years, and I I like this color scheme a lot better. It does not and hurt my eyes. If you look close, you can see that that silver white has fireworks and other designs yes, engraved yes. into it for the characters. So yeah. It's Got it's some nice well texture done. to it. Yeah. 
they all look great and uh they are also debuting in hong kong disneyland a new statue of walt and mickey uh seated together on a bench uh, and walt is pointing off to the park um it's going to be located near cinderella's golden carousel uh, to commemorate Walt's original idea for Disneyland, said to have occurred as he sat on the bench in Los Angeles Griffith Park. So that's a really uh, lovely little tribute. Um, so these character costumes uh, debuted in front of their uh, upgraded Castle of Magical Dreams uh, that uh, opened up during the pandemic. And uh, you can check them out now going on through the 100-year anniversary. A lot of photo op opportunities because they all mm -hmm. got something different. Yep. And in more Disney character news, this one's kind of interesting, shall we say? The Incredibles is a good word. face characters uh, have made their debut during Pixar Day at Sea. And some people have thoughts about how these new versions of the Pixar characters look. Um, the Incredibles are depicted inside the parks as... Um, animated characters, uh, head characters. Uh, but now they're uh, for Pixar Day of Seas, they had actors um, who could talk to you uh, without the big masks on. Um, but I don't, we got to talk about proportions yeah, <laughs> because it's... these characters are not necessarily designed to have human sized heads and cartoon sized bodies. Yeah, it's <clears throat> now I've watched, we have, um, video of mm -hmm. edna mode and mrs incredible mm -hmm. um and that one i think is not that bad but mm -hmm. mr incredible and frozen i don't know i think it's also because it was probably their first time meeting <clears throat> people that it's just something seems off it's like the uncanny valley and i feel bad because the the poor performer for mr incredible he didn't make the costume he didn't pick this but a lot of people were saying he looks like syndrome, syndrome. And once you say <laughs> that he does look just like syndrome is pretending to be mr incredible um, so my understanding is that they are basically wearing the costumes from the parks just without the heads. Uh, and that's a little problematic because, you know, the costumes are padded in proportions to match an oversized head uh, yeah. and simply not wearing the head um, kind of leads to some issues, especially around the neck and shoulder areas. But uh in, I think it makes up for if you watch some of the videos, you know, the actors, uh, I don't blame the actors at all because they they're definitely doing their best to uh, interact they're doing their best. Um, and, you know, it's it's fun. It's great to be able to talk to these characters and not just have them, you know, nod and, and sign an autograph. Uh, but this is interesting. I I, I think this is going to be a, a, a special occasion thing, kind of like the uh, real Buzz Lightyear that they had show up very briefly yep. at Disneyland. I wouldn't expect to see these uh, face character Incredibles show up in the domestic parks anytime soon. No, and like you were saying, they did do a good job. So if you guys just see the pictures, I do think that the picture kind of does Mr. Incredible dirty, where if you get to go and watch these videos of interacting, they are mm -hmm. doing their poses. They're kind of walking the exact way as the characters. And then we have on the article linked a video of Edna Mode coming down the stairs, just owning her moments of going down there. It's like 60 or 90 seconds for her to go down the stairs <laughs> and it's just so funny and it does fit edna mode and all that stuff so yeah it's an interesting take again yeah. I, I don't think yeah, it's going to end up in the parks but maybe this is the reason you'd want to go and do the pixar day at sea is to see this very limited engagement with these characters so 
props to the performers, maybe a little side eye to the costuming department um and uh keep an eye out for the next uh, round of pixar day at seas I, I think they all sold out um so you might have to wait until 2024 if you want to check out this one next up we get some big news super nintendo world unexpectedly soft opened this week at universal studios hollywood uh it seems like just yesterday that we were talking about the meltdown of their computer system, people trying to get annual pass holder previews uh, for the very end of the month. Uh, it turns out they maybe didn't need to go through that because just anyone was able to walk in uh, starting January 12th. And they were able to do everything. It wasn't even like they limited people. They mm -hmm. just said, it's open. Here you go. Yep. We're seeing uh, no waits to enter uh, as of noon. Uh, on the first day, um, and I believe soft openings are still continuing now. Of course, uh, mm -hmm. they're never guaranteed. They can stop at any time. Um, and like I said, those uh, annual pass holder previews are happening January 29th through February 11th. So uh, I would, would expect that um, access might be restricted to only people who have signed up during that period. But it looks like for at least the next few days, uh, you should be able to stroll right into Super Nintendo World and check out the restaurants, um, the interactive power-up bands, and of course, the Mario Kart ride. And it's looking really good. I mean, we've seen all the photos and videos from over in Universal Studios Japan, and now we mm -hmm. see a slightly different iteration because of yeah. sizing and ways they had to move stuff. It looks so good. I it, cannot wait to step foot in this land. I just, I love Super Nintendo World. I love the stuff they've done, the merchandise, the food. And it looks like Universal, once again, just killed it for this it, land. It, it is a little bit more compact. It's missing the yeah. Yoshi ride. Uh, you know, obviously the one we're getting here in Epic Universe is going to have a lot more to it. Yes. Um, with Donkey Kong Country. But... Uh, this is a huge, huge addition for Hollywood Park, which is a, a pretty tiny park by, you know, like Orlando standards. Um, this and, you know, the one thing I have not been there in person, I've, I, you know, I, I can't say what it is like being inside it, uh, you know, firsthand. But the griping I've seen on social media of the tiny little flaws in the sight lines, which are kind of impossible to fix when you're in an urban environment on the side of a mountain with yeah. skyscrapers all around you i think they did a phenomenal job of yes. uh you know creating an immersive environment and just because i can see a tiny corner of the comcast building off behind the mountains i i, I don't think that ruins it like do, do they no. expect them to take the comcast corporate office and paint it like green I, I don't know. Yeah, and, and the thing is, too, most of the time when you see those pictures saying it was broken, it's people that are on the second floor in a specific part of the queue yeah. looking in an area. When you're on the bottom floor, when you yeah. walk in and you get that initial look, there is nothing. Yeah. You get a I, perfect view. I, I And funny, I don't see those same people complaining about when you're on the second floor of the Millennium Falcon queue that you can yes. see Toy Story Land. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, I, there are little, I think, but that's the thing. I think that also goes to show how good of a job Universal did is yeah. that you don't really see complaints. The complaint is like, well, if I stand on this side of the land and I lean on my tippy toes, I can sometimes see a skyscraper. And you're like, <clears throat> to me, I, I would, as Universal, I would take that as a positive because they're not saying your land is bad. They're not saying mm -hmm. it's not fun. They're just saying, I wish this land surrounded me fully <laughs> yeah. because it's perfect. Um, the other 
the other gripe uh, that I've heard is mostly people who have not been on the ride but only watched POV videos complaining that Mario Kart mm. isn't fast, that it's it's too slow. It's it's just a, a slow moving dark ride. Everyone I know who has actually been on it um, says it's a really immersive experience that you get really caught up in the gameplay and you want to go back on it again and again to get a better score. So. Yeah. That's the same thing I've heard as they said, because I watched some footage, but I would, I'm only willing to watch a little bit because I, I do want to be surprised eventually when I get to go on it. Mm -hmm. But from what I've seen, even with the cameras where people aren't using the AR, the mm -hmm. sets are phenomenal. They're Incredible huge detail. and they're colorful and they look so spectacular. You're not going super fast, but this was never done as a thrill ride. This was done as a family video game immersive experience. Yeah. And from everyone I've heard, that's exactly what it is. It's one of the yeah. most immersive things ever and i've heard people say that they nailed the video game aspect yeah and let, i mean let's face it it's, it's just a matter of physics if the ride was going to go fast it would either have to be 12 seconds long or it would have to take over the entire lower lot and they'd have to demolish all their sound stages yeah like uh if you want a fast ride wait for the fast and furious roller coaster uh that's coming soon um that's uh what they've uh, shut down the animal actors and special effects stages for yeah um, that'll be an outdoor ride though um, if you want indoor immersive sets and highly detailed environments uh you can have that or you can have high speed uh you, you can't have both um yeah i, mean, I think we... they chose correctly on this aspect they were they said let's because more families can do this the ride doesn't yep. go fast i mean that's that's yep. obvious in the videos but if that allows way more kids to do it and you lower the height range and all that stuff i think that that was a correct decision mm -hmm. yeah i i agree and i am looking forward to uh getting my power up band and trying to ride over and over again to uh get a good score i hope i'm better at it than i am at toy story mania or i don't know if it's in this i'm pretty terrible at those. i've heard that one's hard i've never i don't know if it's in this article or if i saw it elsewhere on twitter but there is a picture of there's actually the like top people of the day on a screen in the land yes yes and yes i was like little... oh yeah, yeah okay it is yeah there's a uh, a little uh, leaderboard um and as well if you want to get excited for this um, you can download uh, the um, smartphone app for Universal Hollywood, and the Super Nintendo World features are active in there. Uh, you know, obviously, you won't have a band that you can uh, map to it yet, but you can open it up, you can look around the map, you can see what the different challenges are, and kind of get excited for exploring the area. All right, we have one last story before uh, we move on to the big story. Believe it or not, there is a bigger <laughs> story than all this. Uh, the Peanuts gang, Charlie Brown and friends, are taking over Knott's Berry Farm for the Knott's Peanuts celebration uh, happening in Southern California from January 28th through February 26th. And if you are a Snoopy fan, you are going to want to check this out. Uh, there is Peanuts-inspired food, a new space-themed exhibit, photo ops, a new game show at the Birdcage Theater, and lots and lots of character encounters all around the park. Uh, they This is really, they go all out. Um, there is, yeah. it's like there's a Peanuts-themed show on pretty much every stage in the park. Um, a Calco Mine stage has got a new musical game show. Um, there's a uh, rooftop concert with the Jelly of the Month Club. Uh, with a dance party. You can learn how to draw the characters um, in the sketch school. 
the thing that I think is the coolest is that they have a uh, a jazz trio uh, over by the Boardwalk Barbecue that plays uh, Vincent Garaldi uh, music because um, I I just love his soundtrack to the Christmas special and all the other shows. If anyone listening has never been to Knott's Berry Farm, I cannot oh. recommend it enough. It's so close to Disneyland. May, spend that extra day of your next Disneyland trip and go. I, I cannot recommend that highly enough. Um, if you if you miss the old Disneyland, uh, then there's a lot that you will love about Knott's Berry Farm, um, yeah. especially the ghost town area, Calico Mine Train, the Log Flume. You can still see Crazy Kirk and the and the Hillbillies. Um, they perform there. It's it's really it's it's kind of like. It still feels to me a little like what Disneyland was like in the 90s. Um, yeah, there's so far. much to do. Definitely wor worth your time. Yes. And the boysenberry stuff that you probably hear about that all oh, the time yeah. there. It really is. It's There's a reason people are obsessed with it. It is good. They do a it's good, between good job. Between the boysenberry drinks and desserts and the fried chicken at uh, mm -hmm. Mrs. Knott's uh, Chicken Restaurant, uh, some of the best food in Southern California at any of the parks. Um yeah, and it's really reasonably priced. Like um, the food itself can be expensive in the park, uh, but you can get park tickets uh, for a lot cheaper than Disneyland. Um, they have super cheap annual passes if you're in the area often. Uh, so this is all kicking off January 28th, running through February 26th. And as you just scrolled and scrolled and showed, there's a lot. I mean, a ton. There's a ton. I only mentioned about so half much. the things. Um, yeah, they really, they, do great job with their seasonal celebrations. I, I highly recommend it. Um, okay. So uh, we have come to the end of the news in the queue. We are just about ready for this week's big story, even though we only have five minutes left in the show. Uh, so we're going to go a little <laughs> over. Thanks for sticking with us, folks. Uh, but before we do, it is time to hear a word from our sponsors. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction. And for this week's main attraction, holy moly, a year-round Halloween Horror Nights experience is opening in Las Vegas at Area 15. I had heard this rumor when I was out in Vegas uh, a few months ago, and I frankly thought it was too crazy to be true, but it is. Uh, Area 15, as you might know, is a big entertainment complex uh, right along the I-15 highway, just off of the Strip. Um, it is uh, owned uh, by one of the Fisher Brothers, uh, who are a big construction company um, that have projects uh, all over the country. Um, but they, uh, Area 15 currently is anchored by Meow Wolf, which is an amazing, trippy, surreal art uh, interactive immersive experience and this expansion is going to almost double the size of the complex uh, it's going to add a whole new section to it that is going to be anchored by a year-round halloween horror nights wow did you see this one coming 
I did not see this coming. And they announced it, and I was like, the only thing I don't like about this announcement is that it's in Vegas. And they announced that they said, things over the year will change. We'll get new things. And I said, don't tell me that because I want it to change. But then that means that every time they, they're going to be like, you can see in the concept art picture, we've got Jack and we've got Chance. They're going to do something ridiculous. And I'm going to be like, I got to fly all the way to Vegas to go and see this because I love Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm. And I know that this is going to get me this is going to be one of my main reasons to go and visit Vegas. I already have wanted to check out the Area 15 section and the Omega Mart and all that stuff over there. This this sold it for me. Yeah, I well, last time I was there, I spent two full days at Area 15, and I could have spent more time. And this is this is gonna <laughs> this is gonna soak up a lot of my time on my next visit for sure. Yeah. Um, details of this are vague. Uh, we know that folks from Universal Creative uh, are behind it. Um, we, uh, have a, a, uh, concept painting that shows silhouettes that could definitely be Jack the Clown and Chance. Um, we know that it is going to, uh, involve both Universal's legacy of classic horror characters and original horror characters, as well as franchises created by, uh, Jason Blum, Jordan Peele, and, um, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm scrolling and I'm missing the third name. Help me out here. Uh, a, uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's there's a third. Uh, so I'll, I'm going to have to keep scrolling for a second. Say while you're looking for that, it, this is going to be a big deal. There's another picture we have here on the article that kind of shows a side by side of where you can already see the main area 15 um, building where we have a mega market and some other stuff. And you're visiting Las Vegas. What a perfect place to put this Halloween Horror Nights experience. I mean, again, I would prefer it in Orlando because I live here. Mm-hmm. But in reality, this is a great destination. Uh, and Universal said that they're going to be doing special immersive experiences and experiential mm-hmm. experiences. So, again, very vague on the details. But they're coming with something. And I the size of the building looks pretty big. The way that they announced it, I believe it said it was 110,000 square feet. If that helps explain, yeah, 110,000 square foot space. For anyone that doesn't know that size, that's about the size of a super Walmart. It's a little bigger than a super Walmart. Yes. Um, so The third name was James Wan. Okay. Jordan Peele, James Wan, and Jason Blum of Blum House. So that's kind of three biggest names in horror today combined with uh, Universal's legacy of classic horror, plenty of material to fill 110,000 square feet. Um, You can kind of get an idea of the scale of it if you see this picture that I've got up on the video right now. On the left side is the current Area 15. All of this is what currently exists. It looks like they are doubling or more the footprint uh, with Universal's uh, Halloween Horror Nights as the anchor, but then lots of other new attractions surrounding it. Um, you know, I was told when I got a tour that they basically owned this entire strip uh, going, you know, all the way along. And uh, it looks like they're going to flesh it out uh, and fill it up. Um, I, I can't wait to see it. Uh, yeah, I it really... looks like this this whole area is turning into its own miniature, not adult theme park, because of course kids could be invited to a lot of these experiences, yes. but it's definitely aiming towards a Las Vegas older crowd. Absolutely. Experiences. Yeah. Um, and 
you know, we don't know anything about ticket pricing or anything like that. Over here, they have combination tickets where you can, um, you know, buy three or four of the experiences. They've even got one in the evenings that includes Meow Wolf. So I would I wouldn't be surprised to see a combination ticket here that combines, you know, the universal attractions with some of the other things that they're bringing in. Um, and I'm really excited to see if this is more. I mean, if it's just a bunch of haunted houses, great. But I think that there's so much more that they could do, especially, um, you know, it's not going to because Halloween Horror Nights, the way it's set up here, it's such a huge rush, you know, for for two months, you're cramming in as many people as you can every single yeah. night, because this is a year round thing that's going to operate during the daytime as well. Um, maybe they can have build it for a lower capacity and create more intimate experiences that aren't just conga lines through a haunted house. Um, so I'm looking forward to interactive things, uh, maybe interactive dining or bars, maybe an escape room type experience or something more theatrical. Um, I love the quote this here that I like is it says the horror centric experiences that surround high energy food and beverage spaces by day. These mm. areas will transform into haunting bars and eateries by night. So I agree uh. with you. I think they have this opportunity to really turn it into, of course they're going to have haunted houses and haunted experiences, but mm -hmm. like you said, it could be less of a conga line, more of maybe an escape room uh, mm -hmm. bar one. They could have a, a normal main super house that could be double the length of a normal Halloween horror nights house. And then of course, all these bars and experiences, this is, I think this will end up becoming a Halloween Horror Nights like super fan headquarters. Yeah. Um, you know, the only thing that uh, intrigues me is how much overlap there will be between Halloween Horror Nights in the parks and here. Uh, you know, we know that there's a lot of collaboration and sharing of themes between um, Hollywood Horror Nights and Orlando's. Um, but in terms of demographics, there's a lot of crossover before between Southern California's market and Las Vegas's market. Yeah. You know, so, you know, the reason that they have, uh, I think they're even doing this is because there's a lot of people in Vegas who go to Hollywood for Horror Nights and vice versa. Um, so I don't think you can just replicate the same house that you've got in yeah. you know maybe you could have the same house in Hall in Orlando and in Las Vegas but if you've got the same experience in Hollywood and Las Vegas that's I might be cannibalizing their their own audience so we'll have to see how they share around those concepts maybe it'll be the kind of thing where something trades like one year the house is in Hollywood one year it's in Orlando one year it's in Vegas and they can rotate yeah. around I can't wait to uh, see. We don't know exactly when it'll open, but I sh for sure will be there when it does. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's it's going to be a see. I'm sure. I mean, Vegas already has a million attractions and operations and all this stuff, but I definitely feel like this is going to become a new key highlight for this area. I mean, Area 15 has already definitely made their yeah. mark in Las Vegas, and that's it's hard to make your mark in Las Vegas. Um, so, this is oh, build uh, on. for sure. You know, there all, all, over the years, there have been a lot of entertainment or, or theme park style attractions that have come and gone in Vegas. Um, these guys really seem to have, have got a good hold uh, and don't, I don't, they're not going anywhere. Uh, no. They're in for the long haul. Uh, I should mention that there is an area 15 coming to Orlando, um, but I would not expect this to be part of that. Uh, Universal's yeah. got plenty of their own land uh, just down the street and don't need to be competing with themselves um but uh and I, 
I also wouldn't expect to see Meow Wolf at the Area 15 we're getting here. Uh, but hopefully some of the other concepts that might be going on around uh, these in Vegas will make the uh, the transfer. Uh, most of all, I'd really love to see them bring Lost Spirits. Uh, it's a interactive walkthrough distillery uh, where you see rum being made and get to drink the rum and then um, explore uh, kind of a, a village um, with different characters while drinking rum. Um, and that would be a great addition to bring here. They've got a lot of opportunity here in Orlando and in Vegas. Yep. Yep. A lot of exciting things coming up. And uh, we will be telling you all about them right here. Well, I want to thank you all. That brings us to the end of a very long episode. Thank you yes. so much for sticking with us. Uh, before we go, we want to thank our sponsors, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel once again. And as always, I want to remind you to please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and a rating on Spotify. It helps us get the word out. If you want to find more coverage from us and Attractions Magazine on the interwebs, you can find me at the UG Series on Twitter, at the Unofficial Guides on Instagram, and at theunofficialguides.com, where you can pick up copies of my 2023 guidebooks. Theron, where can folks keep up with you? You can find me at Farron White, T-H-A-R-I-N-W-H-I-T-E. And outside of that, I basically am just always doing the uh, attraction social ones, so... If you follow Attractions Magazine, you're following me. Absolutely. Well, make sure you do follow Attractions Magazine at attractionsmagazine.com, on a Twitter at Attractions, at Attractions Magazine on Instagram, at youtube.com slash Attractions Magazine, and at Attractions on TikTok. And until next week, we hope you folks stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun. And we will see, see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.